0: Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer. It's my fault that Maritza can't join me this Friday, but she will be with us uh, to be going through Brew Your Brains and Sharpen Your Wits and continuing our walk through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount together. But this morning, on the 25th episode of The Daily Grind, it's just going to be me. So grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to brew your brain and sharpen your wit and enhance your faith as we get on with the Daily Grind. So it is Friday, July 7th, and this is that part of the Daily Grind where you're going to brew your brain. In 1863, the U.S. had its first military draft you could be exempted for $300. In 1928, the Chillicothe Baking Company began selling sliced bread, and we've been comparing everything to that ever since. In 1930, construction on the Boulder Dam, now the Hoover Dam, began. I'd told Marcy a joke about blocking a river, but she just got annoyed. And I said, why are you so upset? It's just a damn joke. In 1954, WHBQ in Memphis, Tennessee debuted Elvis Presley's first single. That's all right. Thank you. Thank you very much. And in 1981, on July 7th, Sandra Day O'Connor became the first female member of the Supreme Court of the United States. July 7th is father-daughter take a walk together day. It's global forgiveness day. National Dive Bar Day, National Macaroni Day, National Strawberry Sunday Day, and it is also Tell the Truth Day and World Chocolate Day. Now's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. Here's a few just random musings just to get your brain gears going this Friday. The capital of Nepal is Kathmandu. Nutella was invented during World War II when an Italian pastry maker mixed hazelnuts into chocolate to extend his chocolate rations. Dragons don't breathe fire. They really exhale it or blow it. I was recently asked to name two structures that contain water. I responded, well, damn. No word in the English language rhymes with toilet. I wonder if selfies would have taken off like they did if we had more accurately named them lonelies right at the beginning. Using a dull pencil is pointless. There's a reason that cannibals won't eat clowns. It's because they taste funny. And now's that time on the daily grind, hopefully to enhance your faith. Jesus commands us to love our enemies. And if you're like me, you think, yeah, right. No, but Jesus meant it, and it's one of his most challenging commands. It's so challenging, in fact, that in reality, there's not a culture, society, or group of folks on this planet that's able to really follow that principle, including most of us Christians. I mean, the default mode for most of us, the brokenness and sinfulness in our human heart is that we're not really loving our enemies, but we want to retaliate and conquer and subdue them. Jesus comes along and says, Love your enemies, forgive them. And you want to go, Jesus, you must be kidding. No, he meant it. And then the Apostle Paul continues Jesus' call to love and forgive our enemies. You know, in his letter to the Romans, he pins this amazing towering, massive kind of challenge in Romans 12, 14 through 21. I would encourage everybody, if you haven't ever done so, to read all of 12 just together. Because most of us know, and have probably memorized the first part of Romans 12 about presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. Here at the end is what our bodies should be doing and our lives should look like if we're going to be those living sacrifices paul pens these challenges and he says this romans 12 14 through 21 if people mistreat you or malign you bless them always speak blessings not curses do not retaliate with evil regardless of the evil brought against you try to do what is good and right and honorable as agreed upon by all people. If it is within your power, make peace with all people. Again, my loved ones, do not seek revenge. Instead, allow God's wrath to make sure justice is served. Turn it over to him, for scripture says, Revenge is mine. I will settle the scores. But consider this bit of wisdom. If your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Because if you treat him kindly, It will be like heaping hot coals on top of his head. Never let evil get the best of you. Instead, overcome evil with good. In other words, Paul is saying Christians are supposed to be kind. Kind and forgiving to horrible people. Fortunately, there's plenty of uh, people in the church that we can practice on. No, seriously though. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, we must come to terms with the command of Jesus to love our enemies. Paul provides some really practical, but not easy to follow kind of actions that if we put into practice will allow us to, I think, represent the way that cross followers should respond to people who are horrible to us because they're out there. Now, I'm not going to look at everything through 14 through 21. I just want to zero in on verse 19 this morning, because it says that we should also forgive our enemies, defined as surrendering our right to take revenge. And I think a good way to look at that is through a real life testimony. Eric Metaxas is in his book, Seven Women and the Secret of Their Greatness, tells this story of Corey Tim Boom. Now, she's this remarkable woman of faith. I don't know if you know who she is. Uh, The movie, the book, The Hiding Place. During World War II, she and her family were not Jews, but they were arrested for hiding Jews in their home. And as a result, they got sent to a concentration camp in Germany. Now, Corrie Ten Boom survived, but during her time in the concentration camp, she witnessed the deaths of her father and her sister. And after the war, Corrie ten Boom returned to Germany to proclaim the message that God forgives. And there is one day where she was speaking about forgiveness and she looked up and she saw in the audience the very guard who had killed her father and sister sitting in that congregation and at the end of the service this concentration camp guard came up to corey Tim boom he stood there in front of me hand thrust out a fine message for all I, how good it is to know that as you say all sins are forgiven and i who had spoken so glibly about forgiveness fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him, and and I remember the leather crop swinging from his belt. I was face to face with one of my captors, and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard there, but since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Fraulein. Again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there. I whose sins had again and again been forgiven and could not forgive. My sister had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there hand held out. But to me, it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I'd ever had to do. Or I had to do it. I knew that. The message of God. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. If you have not forgiven men their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will, I f- will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I knew not only a command of God, but as a daily experience. Since the end of the war, I had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality. And those who were able to forgive their former enemies could also return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what the physical scars. Those who nursed their bitterness and remained had remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. And I, And still, I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too forgiveness is an act of the will and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart help i prayed silently i can lift my hand i can do that much you supply the feelings and so woodenly mechanically i thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me and as i did An incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warp seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasp each other's hands. the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. Wow, that's a powerful story, isn't it? I mean, I would not have uh, held it against Corey Timboom if she had wanted to throat punch that guy instead, but she found a way to forgive he considered the example of Jesus a completely innocent man who was executed by the most brutal form of corporal punishment that humankind has ever invented nails through his hands and feet crown of thorns crushed into his head though he was innocent he still managed to say father forgive them for they know not what they do this would be a imposterous story to the casual onlooker. Yet Jesus sets that example. I love how Corey Tim Boone says that forgiveness is not a feeling, but an act of the will. Able to be granted before it is uh, felt or our emotions catch up with it. And her story too about people who hold on to bitterness, uh, become themselves the ones that are, Invalids and remain prisoners. So, yeah, we should forgive our enemies because Jesus commands it. And if we do, we just might change our enemies into friends. And secondly, refusing to forgive them only affects us. That's an excellent reason to do our best to live by the challenge of Christ. I want to thank you guys for joining me on the daily grind. I, I feel like I just want to end with this disclaimer um, that choosing to forgive doesn't excuse the offending behavior, nor does it mean that we need to let people walk away and, and escape consequences for their actions. But it's a decision to surrender our right to take revenge, uh, something that we can choose despite how we feel. Um, And the church as an institution um, has been guilty sometimes of taking Jesus's instructions to forgive and love our enemies, to keep people locked in abusive relationships, and to excuse all kinds of just horrible behavior. And that was not the intent of Christ's commands either. And if you are in an abusive situation, you can leave. And do so with God's full blessing. So when we oppose our enemies with love, they find it difficult to really keep attacking us. You know, Proverbs 15.1 tells us that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So we are not to just sit by and say nothing. No, we should be people who speak up, but our answers, I think, should be gentle and humble. I will see you guys next week. Hopefully, Maritza and I will work out our schedules and you'll get not just solo daily grind, uh, but John and Madi. And have a fantastic Friday. Enjoy your weekend and grace and peace to you all.